Sup, chefs. Intro time. Have you seen Shin Godzilla yet? I haven't. I want to really bad. Looks... Has there been like a special release for that? It's out on Blu-ray. Is it like a fancy edition? Is there any shit that comes with it? It's like a cool, like a like, like what? How? What kind of shit? Like a figure shit or something? I'm just like seen a second it disc, uh, steel book. Uh, no, I haven't seen a steel book. There's the Walmart. You can buy it at Walmart. You can buy it at Best Buy. It's just the Blu-ray, DVD, Ultra. What is it? Ultra, ultra Violet UV. Yeah. Whatever. Vivo. I don't know. Vivo. TiVo. Whatever the you know the digital copy is, yeah. um, you can do that. I haven't seen like a special edition though. I've just seen the movie, and that's the one where it's just Godzilla's shin. Just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no I really want to. I do too. It, dude. Yeah, we should. Well, I got paid today. I'm just gonna. You know what I'm gonna do? You leave here and go and buy it. I'm gonna go buy it. All right. I'm gonna go buy Shin Godzilla. Hmm. I'm trying. I'm gonna. Very specifically, because I know Horror Hound is coming up, I'm very specific. I'm not going to spend any money off of off of my paycheck today, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go buy Shin Godzilla and save the rest for Horror Hound, because I know I'm going to want to buy a lot of stuff. Not a bad plan. Yeah, anyways, um, hi, welcome to the Superdoor Supercast. This is the intro, like we said. Man, we really inadvertently... I mean, this was a, it was a damn good episode. We got musically ex- existential with each other. Mm-hmm. It got, it, it was a very, it came down to a tough choice, let's just say that. Yeah. Tough choice, that a very tough choice to be made. Lasted the entire cast. Mm-hmm. Going back and forth, you guys get a little bit of, almost a little bit of history on like what makes up our music taste, which honestly is far different from the music we produce. <laughs> yeah. We didn't re- yeah, we didn't we didn't talk about anything that directly influenced this album, but it has a lot to do with what I guess influenced us to play music. Yeah, you know. Yeah, just just things that yeah, exactly. Thing people and bands and things that inspired us to follow in their footsteps. Mm. And you may or probably may not be surprised to find out what type of bands inspired us mm-hmm. you know versus the type of music we play now um but so while you're listening to the cast as always make sure you check us out all over uh, the internet we are pretty much everywhere um you can start by going to www.superdivorceme.com check out our mother base uh we've got a lot of stuff going on definitely add your email to our mailing list because you'll get all the news first and you'll be really cool be a cool person um action figures our brand new album is available for pre-order on indiegogo we are not setting up an indiegogo campaign to fund the album no it's already done just a convenient way for to pre-order yeah, to make sure that you get it right when it's released. Yeah, it is a convenient way to pre-order the album. That's why we have it. Please contribute. There's a lot of cool merch coming out. Lots of cool merch. And, we'll say this, if you do pre-order, you're going to get anything you pre-order much cheaper than yeah. it will be when it's actually released. Right, pre-orders are discounted. Yeah. So, make sure you check that out. I'm sure there's a link on our website. Yep. 
um, make sure you pre-order because you will get things at a discount. Also, check us out on Facebook.com slash SuperDivorce, Instagram at SuperDivorceBand, which we should take an Instagram photo today, mm-hmm. and uh, Twitter at SuperDivorce because all the stuff is on Twitter. Yeah. If you want to follow me on social media, Bender, you can find me predominantly on Instagram at BenderButt. If you do find me on Facebook, add me because I'll add you back. And uh, if you want to follow the uh, guru that is Nicholas Villars, just go to any social media you can think of and type in at Nicholas Villars and see what happens. He yeah. might be there. He might not. Who knows? See if I'm around. Yeah. But if he's there, add him and uh, he will add you back. We're going to take a quick Instagram photo. Instagram. Perfect. Yeah. So we're going to post on at Super Divorce Band on Instagram. Um, and that's it for the intro. That's probably way too long because guess what? I'm a little drunk. Just a little drunk? Yeah. That's okay. Enjoy this episode, chefs. Enjoy, chefs. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. Hey man, welcome to the Super Divorce Supercast. This is Nicholas along with Bender. Beer man. We just got back from the local Maris stop, yep. as usual. This time we uh, we got some digits while we were there. <laughs> got them digits. Got them digits from our, our friend, um, the, the uh, beer connoisseur. Yeah. Beer monger. Who can't drink beer right now. No, he can't. His doctor said no. So he was getting too big in the tummy. So he's having to lay off right now. So we're taking it upon ourselves to... <laughs> to drink for him. <laughs> yeah. We bought two different kinds of beer today. Yeah, we did. And the Spurs kind is Bender's pick. Yeah. It's a little sentimental. I guess <laughs> you could say that. Uh, first, we're going to be drinking Fig Leaf Brewing Company's uh, Waste Timer. American Pilsner uh, because it's brewed and canned in Middletown, Ohio where I fucking live so I commented earlier that it's probably laced with meth (laughs) so at least it'll be fun to drink at least it'll be fun to drink this can is interesting because it looks like it's uh the can itself is printed upon, but yeah. it's not. It's, it's not. No. No, it is a label. There's a plastic label, but it does not look like a plastic label. No, not Until even. you feel it, and then you feel the seam on the back. Mm-hmm. And then you inspect the bottom, and you see that you could peel it off if you wanted to, but I'm not going to. No. I'm going to adhere to the integrity of this can for now. <laughs> and uh, cheers. Cheers. That's like borderline IPA. It is. Yeah. When I read Pilsner, I was thinking more like like a blonde, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. I can't 
the flavor isn't bad when you first drink it. It's kind of robust. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's enjoyable. But the thing that I hate about the IPAs is that disgusting, bitter aftertaste it leaves. And you definitely get that with this. What if this is our... What if we're being, like, led down the primrose path here? This is like we're, we're unwittingly falling into the IPA trap. No, I kind of think it's gross. You think this is gross? A little tiny, like... Because I don't think it's gross. Like, I, I love Sam Adams' Boston Lager. I think that's a little heavier and a little darker than this. Yeah. But a lot of people, when I first started drinking Sam would complain to me that it was too bitter. And I would always tell them that they had unrefined palates, which is what IPA drinkers might say to us. Yeah, well, I don't particularly care for Boston Lager, though. Okay. To be honest with you. I like the Sam Adams Oktoberfest, but... That's, That's quite a bit more malty. Yeah, but the Sam Adams Boston Lager is not a go-to beer for me. So, you might be slowly being tricked into <laughs> drinking IPAs, but I am still kind of like, all right, I'll drink this can, and I'll probably have another, but really, this is not a beer I would buy again. Maybe that's how it happens, though. Is people, they drink it because they feel like they bought it, and they they need to finish it. Yeah, because you bought it. You, like, and then, spend money on it. Then, like, a few days later, you start thinking back on it, and you're like, Maybe that wasn't as bad as I thought. Yeah, well, ask me next week how I feel <laughs> about uh, Fig Leaf Waste Timer. Middletown Brewing Company. Could just be bitter because of the meth. That <laughs> could be. See how you feel here in a few minutes. Yeah, and maybe if we start hallucinating, we'll know what's up. Do you hallucinate on meth? I don't know. My only experience I think with meth is train spotting. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Or is it? It's not like I think it, meth is more. It's an upper. Yeah. So you're just kind of like, like you don't hallucinate. You just sort of feel. Yeah. You feel a lot. I don't know. Maybe if you take enough meth, you might start having some sort of hallucinations. But I think it's it's not a psychedelic. Right. So, it's an amphetamine. So well, I'll never know. So, it's getting you going. Yeah. So if, we, if we get going here, we'll see. We'll know. We'll know it's the beer. That they slipped a little meth in here. <laughs> Hometown pride. <sighs> I was thinking about putting an office in Middletown. There really? are some business incentives to do so. Are there? Mm-hmm. They're trying to build back up. Yeah. They're trying to attract businesses so you can get some good office space for fairly cheap. And there's a there's like an arts building downtown in Middletown. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Pendleton? Mm-hmm. My mom is shown there. Oh, okay. A lot. Like yeah. A, a number of times she's shown there. Well, you can, you can get an office there, and they do, like, a, one day a week, they do, um, like, an arts showcase or, like, a, a store of some sort where anyone who has, a 
an office space there if they're selling anything they can just come in and set up a table and people can come in and buy stuff so I was thinking about for the label possibly doing that and you know yeah it could be a I mean you start you could start by selling you know our own stuff as yeah. well as label related mm-hmm. things because it's you know we're on our own label yeah but eventually were we to sign other bands mm-hmm. you you would be you could pedal other bands stuff yeah. every week you know mm-hmm. at this this thing that would be really cool yeah I would love um, to see you with an office down there you just you gotta weigh the options right, because like, is it really gonna yeah but I, I I do like the idea of getting to the point I mean at some point I'm gonna move out of my office into an actual place so I kind of like the idea of cruising over to the two suite office and conducting the business for the day, and then depending on like the that. type of office, we could like we could podcast there. Yeah, I mean it could be mm-hmm. our business space. Yeah, you know we when we do things relating to the band, we mm-hmm. do them at the office. Well, that'd be cool too because I mean, well, this is an interesting way to spring this news upon everyone because we haven't really talked, we haven't really talked yeah we haven't really said <laughs> yeah, well, what the deal is here yeah well I actually officially formed an LLC earlier this year um, and we are releasing our action figures album on two sweet records that's not something that we're just throwing on the back of the CD. I mean, that's... No, that's an official business. You can look on the Ohio Secretary of State's website and you will find all the LLC information there. So it's it's for real. Don't go taking the name thinking that you can just do that because it's you mine can't. now. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> Nick's. It belongs to Nick. Legally. So, um, so yeah, we we will be releasing the album on a real record label and um we're signed so yeah that's right from the get-go yeah there is no trying to woo any outside people here we uh we bet on ourselves yeah this around around here around these parts yeah and also and if you haven't already picked up what we're talking about is that in the future we we may nick because this is really kind of Nick's thing. I'm still, once again, just sort of a part of, you know, a a, uh, a helping hand. Almost. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm very involved, but... If you would like a job, I would like to... <laughs> <laughs> I, would li- I would like to find uh, something you could specialize in. Well, I was that thinking nice. about, like... You know, I was thinking very officially just mm-hmm. the other day, and I was like, well, if things work out, like, I want to buy into Two Sweet Records mm-hmm. and become, like, part owner. Mm-hmm. That's a goal, you know? Like, because I know that I am your partner yeah. in Super Divorce, mm-hmm. and we are very much... And, you know, you told me about Two Sweet before... What you know, you were like, I'm gonna do this, yeah, and it was like, cool. Um, but it's still all you know, it's still all registered your way, yeah. And even with having Super Divorce signed, 
uh, there's going to be a contract for me yeah. relating to Two Sweet Records. Right. You know? Which I'll be signing, too. Which you'll also you know? be signing, but you still, like, own the company yeah. as well as you're signing your own contract, whereas I am almost like the incoming band mm-hmm. being signed by the record label. Yeah. In a sense. You know, we're very much partners. Yeah. But um, because of that, and just from a legality standpoint... I was thinking the other day that I would, at one point in time, um, at some point in time, I think it'd be really cool to like buy into Too Sweet and become shared, a shared owner of it. You know, really kind of uh, help to build an empire out of it. I would like to build an empire. Yeah, I would like to become the most profitable independent record label in the world. I have that written down. God damn it. <laughs> Goals. So, yeah. So, um, actually, this is good. These dogs, man. I know, you man. You can probably hear this. I'm going to close my window. And that sucks because it's really nice outside. It is so nice. What? You, I, don't, I don't get this. Like, a little... You leave your dogs barking outside for a few minutes. Yeah. But like that... I know. I would be like, warrior, inside. Yeah. No, we're not. As soon... As courage starts barking outside, I'm just like, get your ass in here. Yeah. You can't do that. It sucks. Yeah. It's the worst. <sighs> the absolute worst. So, anywho, um, but I'm not going to call the police. No, we're not those people. I've only Me. called the police on my neighbor one time, but he left his dog outside barking for like an hour and a half, starting at like three in the morning yeah and it was when jess was pregnant and that's not something you want to do no (laughs) and not only her but this this next door neighbor i mean his dog he has this big shepherd and uh those things have just like this bellowing bark slash howl that they do and it's like non-stop yeah and at a point you're sitting there like are you serious right like you're really letting this happen right now. Yeah. And it's almost interesting to see how long it's going to go on. Because that became a thought at a point. I'm just laying in bed, continuing to check my phone to see what time it is. Okay, yeah, it's been going for 40 minutes. Surely he's going to take him inside in the next five. Right. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, I'm just going to call the, call the police. Yeah. And that's what I did. Um, so anyhow, I was going to get to... Uh, I had asked you and then decided to save this conversation because I thought it would be interesting to talk about. Yeah. Do you have a guess as to what the best-selling independent record of all time is? I, I have this inclination to go to punk rock music. Okay. Yep. Because that. I know a lot of punk bands released on indie labels or their own labels because that's where you got the inspiration mm-hmm. to make your own label was these punk bands. Yeah. Um, I have zero clue which punk bands released independently and which released on major labels. Um, or even whatever. I guess there is only major and independent. I have I have this feeling for some reason that like the Runaways have a really strong, I don't know. Because think, I'll give you a time period here. It's not gonna help. Nineties. 
Nirvana. Mm-mm. I don't know 90s punk bands. Black Flag? No, they're 80s. Okay. This band became really popular, like MTV popular, in like the late 90s. Like every, they were like TRL popular, and it's not Blink. So, is it punk or is it like Blink punk, alternative punk? No, they started as like straight up. Their best selling album was on. And I'm going to give you another hint. It was on Epitaph in like 1993 or 94, I believe. Their best selling album was on Epitaph. Which is an independent label? Yeah. Is it? It's still considered, Indeed. you know, and yeah. I think now it's grown quite a bit, obviously, yeah. but back then, no one knew who the fuck Epitaph was. They had a bunch of smaller, you know, mm-hmm. punk it's bands. It's not and, AFI. Mm-mm. No. They started as punk, but they're not, they weren't on Epitaph. No, I don't think so. Though, AFI has covered a song from this band. God damn it. And this band's singer was on another AFI album. Tiger Army? Mm-mm. Son of a bitch. I don't know any AFI covers. I don't know. They were on an AFI album? Is it, was Their singer it, was. Were they on Art of Drowning? What were they on? What album were they on? It was either... Because I'm very familiar with... It was either Art of Drowning or Black Sails. Uh, I'm not as familiar with those albums. I know those are like your go-to. Mm. But my go-to are Misery and Cantaria and... Um, or what is that? Um, Sing the Sorrow. Sing the Sorrows. That Misery and Cantaria is the first song. Sing the Sorrow and December Underground mm-hmm. are like my go-to ones for AFI. And I know they performed with Tiger Army. I used to have an Epitaph sampler. I don't know. I'll probably know it as soon as you say it. I'll give you another hint. Oh my god. The singer's last name is a country. And his first name is part of a title of a late 90s Cartoon Network television show. The Offspring? Yes. Dexter Holland. I didn't know his last name. (laughs) The Offspring has the biggest... Their album Smash Uh sold 11 million copies. With, like, no major label promotion. Really? I read an article about it because I was, I was interested. I was like, what is the best-selling indie release ever? And I was very surprised to find out that that was it. But it was like, that stuff was kind of blowing up at that time. And Yeah, they did. Um, I, my, again, my offspring familiarity is with their mainstream pop stuff mm. i honestly wasn't wasn't really aware that they started as straight punk yeah and unless I've, you 
sorry. No, I was going to say, I, I went back and and then I started listening to it and I was like, yeah, this album is awesome. And their one after that was Ixnay on the Ombre, which is another amazing album. And I feel like kind of getting back into that and listening to them was like, these guys are so underrated now. I don't feel like anyone talks about them anymore. Mm-hmm. But from that period when they sold, when Smash came out through like the late 90s because they got they got away from like their um, punk roots yeah. with like pretty fly for a white guy yeah. and, and that stuff but that still blew up i mean it was everywhere right but they were they were huge and then just kind of fell off that's because dexter went to college mm-hmm. and he is like a He's like a biomechanical engineer or Is something. He? Yeah. He's like a doctor. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. He, um, I can't remember exactly what it's in, but he's mm. some sciencey doctor <laughs> type guy. Huh. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I saw them, I've seen them one time. It was at Warp Tour. In like 2006? Yeah. I was, no, 2007. I, it was something like that. And do you remember that he said it was the first time they ever played Warp Tour? I caught part of their show. Okay. Because I was seeing... It was either 05 or 07. Mm-hmm. I know specifically because I missed 06 because I was in summer school and AFI was playing and I really wanted to go. Okay. So I know specifically I missed 06. Pretty sure it was in 05 and I saw My Chemical Romance and then ran over to The Offspring. So I caught, like, the tail end of their show. Do you remember him pulling out the fire hose and spraying the crowd with the fire hose? I don't remember. All I remember is him saying that they'd never played Warped before. Really? And that it was, and that blew my mind because I was thinking that they surely would have been one of those early Warped Tour bands, like, when it first came about, you know? They're like a Pennywise, no effects. Yeah type band sublime sublime yeah but no they he was like we've never played warp tour before but i mean the place was packed for their their shows like a sea of people waiting to see them and he was like i can't believe we've never played warp tour before but i'm glad that we came out you know just pretty cool yeah i can't even tell you i can't even remember hearing their music but I know I saw him, and I mm-hmm. know that he sprayed the crowd with a fire hose because it was hot that day. Yeah. And I, they did something at some point to Cincinnati Warp Tour, or people just fell off. I don't know what the deal was, but those first couple years that I went, 05, 07, maybe even into like 08, mm-hmm. that stage, that offspring was on. Yeah was in the parking lot. Mm, yep. It was sectioned off in the parking lot and there was so much room that it was just there were so many people. And I saw Offspring on that stage. I think I saw the used on that stage. Oh, I never I've seen the used at Warp Tour, but it wasn't early. It was oh. like later. Okay. Um like a, it was only a couple years ago and they played because they played the main Riverbend stage. Okay. So, like, I didn't see them when they were in the outskirts of Warped Tour. I feel like playing the main stage is almost, like, bad. It is. Warped, because it is. Because it doesn't feel the same. No. 
you've got the seats in there, and yeah. it just doesn't have the same atmosphere. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. Um, and they split the stage in half. And they have band, then band, band, yeah. band. Yeah. To, and I get it, they're trying to fit everybody in, but, like, it's real, it's, it just takes away. It I takes remember away. seeing, um, from first to last, played on that stage. Yeah, I think I saw them. I don't know if you remember Bleed the Dream. Did you ever listen to them? No, but I, I remember the band Bled. The Bled, they were The sweet. Bled. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, one of their albums, I think it was called Pass the Flask. That was yeah. They were were they cool. Southern rock? I don't no, know they were they were more just like just metal, beat your ass, hardcore type of stuff, mm-hmm. just high energy. Um, a little bit like the Blood Brothers. Okay, kind maybe of that I, type of I'd like, like really high energy, just screaming the whole time and more like a high metal pitch. Kind yeah. Of. God, I love the Blood Brothers. Mm-hmm. That's what was the one album? I had one album from them with like the black coming down. Young Machetes. Yeah. Oh my god. That album is so good. Fire, fire, fire. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. That that just takes me back to 2006. So hard. (laughs) I remember discovering the Blood Brothers on my own, and by the time I found them, they had broken up already. Mm. And I was just like. <laughs> because I discovered them during, like, when I got really into MCR and the used and AFI, and they were just like. I still love MCR more mm-hmm. as a band, but the Blood Brothers were like that next level. Like, where MCR and the used fell into kind of that punk screamo, the Blood Brothers went into the metal screamo side of it. And just Johnny Whitney's voice is just so insane. Oh, I saw something that would have pissed you off the other day. God. It was one of those, like, like or heart. Okay. To choose which one you like more. And it was like, who's the best emo band of all time? And it was, it was MCR versus Panic. Panic at the Disco. and, And Panic just, like, crushed MCR on this post. It was like it was like two hundred it was like two hundred and fifty something to like seventy. And I was like really Everybody like, thinks panic is like so so emo. Yeah. And they're not. They're they fit into that category. Yeah. I think they they fit in there because they started so theatrical and like weird. Mm-hmm. And they like toured with Fallout Boy, and they were friends with Fallout Boy and everything. And so, for some reason, I do, I do, uh, I'll agree that Fallout Boy sort of ushered in the emo, just in a way of that that particular wave, if you will. Yes, of emo. yes, that particular wave was ushered in in large part by Fallout Boy. They were the biggest band on MySpace. And then it was just kind of like, you know, all these other bands followed in their wake. Mm -hmm. I think MCR and The Used are part of that wake. Yeah. But along with many other bands, they split off into a much darker area. Well, I got into The Used and then I got their Maybe Memories DVD set. Oh, yeah. And I remember watching that... um, 
their documentary and Bert was wearing a My Chemical Romance shirt in their interviews and I'd never heard them before but I always saw him and I watched that DVD like a million times yeah. and then one day I was like I'm gonna have to check them out sometime because if Bert likes them they're right. really cool right. and then I they had um, three cheers at the listening station at Hot Topic and I just put on the headphones because I would you'd do that yeah. back then oh my god you know? I missed that and you just put them on go through the numbers and see what each one and like 10 seconds into Helena, I was like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was one of those things where I was listening and I just, like, got chills. And I was like, I'm buying this right now. Yep. And, and like, that's that's how I heard of them. But I listened to the used and MCR before I ever listened to anything from Fall Out Boy. And it's strange because my sister, who's four years younger than me, you know, she was in, like, ninth grade. And I remember seeing, she was into like Starting Line and Fallout Boy. I remember this. I never, never got into the Starting Line. You didn't? I know who they are, but she liked them a lot. Cracking open Steve Weiser. But she was into them, and like, and I never really bothered to check them out. But I remember seeing in her room, like on her dresser, like the whatever the Fallout Boy CD was, where it's like blue and black. And I think they're like sitting Take against... Take this to your grave. Yeah. It's a good album. And she had that like probably a couple years before I ever listened to them. I mean, that was before from a Grand Theft Autumn and... That was Grand Theft Autumn. Was that Grand Theft Autumn? That what was, was Grand the, Theft Autumn and Saturday. What was the big... Their first big one. Sugar We're Going that Down was, it. Yeah. was on From Under the Cork Tree. Yeah. Which was their technically third album. That was their third, okay. Yeah. So I never listened to them until that song became huge. Yeah. But I I feel like everyone... Same. Same, by the yeah? way. Yeah? Me too. I first heard Fall Out Boy, Sugar We're Going Down, on a youth group, youth leaders canoeing trip. We went camping and canoeing, and the whole fucking way there, we listened to Fall Out Boy, like, over and over and over. Yeah, that's when I first heard them. Yeah. Back in the, back in the old days. Man, I, I can totally, I can't, I don't, I'm not even sure if I can tell you what the first MCR song I heard was. Yeah. It was probably I'm Not Okay. Mm-hmm. But I definitely remember just like... It's almost like I remember always liking them. Mm-hmm. I just heard them at some point. Yeah. And it was just like, alright, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like, this this band, you know. <laughs> I, they were just... My friend Aria, you know Aria, Cody's girlfriend, posted a thing the other day that was like, if one of these emo albums, if only one of these emo albums could survive, like, which one would you pick? And first of all, MCR's Three Cheers was the only emo album Mm -hmm. listed, (laughs) but it was Three Cheers, A Fever You Can't Sweat Out, Panic, Panic Mm -hmm. the Discus first, From Under the Cork Tree... Um, Blink-182 with all the small things the one that had the smiley face Enema of the State? No, not Enema of the State That was what had all the small things Oh 
and not take off your pants and jacket. Their self-titled was the one with the... Yeah, that one probably. Yeah, it was just Blink-182. Feeling This on there? Yeah. Feeling This, mm-hmm. that album. What else was there? Were two more. Son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. It's probably charged enough. Because now I want to know uh, what you would do. You gotta find it. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I was just like, if all of those albums went away except MCR, I'd be fine. Yeah. But that is me. I do love that. That Blink album. Yeah. <clears throat> I've never... I like Blink, mm-hmm. but I've never been, like, a gigantic... I've never bought a Blink album. Have you listened to their newest one? California? No. Man, it's so good, dude. You need to check it out. Especially the deluxe edition which I kind of disagree with them doing it. Oh, that's right. The deluxe edition, you disagree with them? I'm Because they put out basically another record. Really? It was like, they had their first one, which was all the songs on, you know, the on initial California. release, and then they did a deluxe version, which was another CD full of brand new songs from the same recording session that they just didn't put on the album but it was like another disc worth that could have like been another a different, 10 songs yeah that could have been another full length and it was like okay that's awesome but why didn't you just make a new album and put this out by itself or if you were really going to be like that you could have just done a California part 2 yeah. and done a whole other release for it I know it. I just I don't like the idea of calling it the deluxe edition because I know it doesn't like it it shouldn't demean the songs but it seems to it seems to bring the the new ones down because it's like here are the ones that didn't make the cut but a lot of them are just as good. So That's exactly what I was going to say is that doing that devalues the 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 deluxe the new songs that you, because you're putting all of these new songs on a disc 2. Yeah. And it's like if they really are that good, mm-hmm. if they're as good as some of the stuff on disc one, you should have just made a new album. Yeah. Like, or done a two disc album. In the first place. Yeah. A 24 song album from the get go yeah. instead of releasing and then being like, oh, hey, guess what? There's a deluxe edition with some unreleased tracks on it. Yeah. I get that. Okay. The six albums were um, Three Cheers. Um, Blink self-titled Fever You Can't Sweat Out From Under the Cork Tree Riot and American Idiot which again not emo albums um, I guess it doesn't specify emo it says if only one of these albums ever existed which oh, okay. would you choose okay hmm uh, three cheers and god I feel like I'm going to have a harder time with this than you because I love MCR, but I, like, okay, three cheers, Riot, I I never owned that album, so I can take that one off. I know the singles and I liked them, yeah, but. I love, I do love Paramore. Yeah, I have I Riot too. on vinyl. I think it's a really solid album, but I think they've done better. Their new album, so far, is my album of the year for 2017. Still? Hands down. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. If I, if I don't count ours. 
Well, that's true, but also you still gotta listen to Brand New. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, the uh, Fallout Boy, I listened to that, but no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't choose that one. MCR, that's a contender. Mm-hmm. Um, American Idiot, I have a special place in my heart for. Oh, same. Because I listened to that a lot. Same. And I love it. I still do. Same. I, I know it's not... No, it's fine. For whatever reason, it's become like not cool to light Green Day over the years, but I don't really care because... I, people just went and saw them the, the other night. Mm-hmm. Like, last they played Riverbend last Sunday. Yeah. On the Revolution Radio Tour. Mm-hmm. And I saw a bunch of people went and saw them, and I was just like, you guys... <laughs> First of all, I saw Green Day in... On the American Idiot Tour. Yeah. And that's honestly... I was talking to my mom, and that's part of the reason that I wasn't really interested in seeing them now mm-hmm. because when I saw Green Day they were on their American Idiot tour and I I'm with you like I fucking jammed that album. Yeah. I mean really honestly American Idiot is the reason I got into MCR. Mm-hmm. Like I was into Creed <laughs> yeah. And then I found Green Day and I listened to Dookie mm-hmm. and I started listening to Dookie like months before American Idiot came out. And then American Idiot released and I was just like mind blown. Yeah. You know, I love that album. And then that just led to, okay, I'm going to listen to more punk music, mm-hmm. which led to MCR. So I saw Green Day on the American Idiot tour, thanks to my parents. I had floor tickets with my best friend at the time, and they ended up having to reschedule the show twice, okay? It was at the Nutter Center, and they were supposed to come around, and somebody was sick, so they rescheduled, um, and we, we went, and they told everybody to go home, so we left. Then they rescheduled it for a day, and they were like, nope, sorry, we can't do that day either. So they rescheduled it a second time, and we showed up, and they everybody's tickets were honored and all that jazz. And um, they had just, like, some local band open. That was it. And then uh, it ended up being the last show of the American Idiot Tour. They just rescheduled it for the end. So it was the last show... So they came out, Green Day came out on stage, they played American Idiot, and then Billy Joe just goes, we're sorry that you guys had to wait so long to see us, we're going to play the entire American Idiot album front to back. And then they went into Jesus of Suburbia, played the whole fucking album without stopping, just like song, 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 and then they did three fucking encores. And it's just like that's awesome. Yeah. I'm never I'm never going to see them in a better light. Yeah. Than when they played their entire album, that was their newest album, mm-hmm. and then played literally every other song that was ever popular from Green Day. Yeah. You get those special performances and it does kind of like just yeah. It makes you not want to go and see them again in a way, you know? Yeah, I'm just, I'm very satisfied with my Green Day experience, you know? Yeah. 
I mean, I, I feel a similar way about Weezer at this point. Yeah. Because I, Jess and I went to see them at uh, this, you know, place that's smaller than Bogart's, like on the uh, Harvard campus where Rivers went to school. And we were out in Boston, and I was able to get tickets through the fan club. And we went, and it was right when Everything Will Be Alright in the End came out. And they played that album front to back and did their encores. And it was just like, it was one of those experiences you know that like 99% of Weezer fans are never going to have. Yeah. And so then you're just like, you hear about them playing a festival or something. And it's like, I don't care. I, I, I like watching them, but how am I going to top that? You know, it's just. I'm very excited very excited that I got tickets to Kesha's Rainbow Tour Mm -hmm. because I don't know if you've heard that album but it's just like it's so good and she's she is the executive producer on it Mm -hmm. she fucking wrote everything you know and it's so good so I'm so happy that I ended up getting tickets to that tour but I'm also just like if I hadn't I would have been upset but I saw her at Bogart's for $25 on a very special Kesha and the Creepies tour yeah. where she played all of her songs as if she was in a punk band. Like, you're, you know, now I'm so, so happy she's, like, back on top. Yeah. But fans are not going to get this, that grungy you know, Kesha experience again. Mm -hmm. And I'm so happy that I was there for that, you know, but I'm also really excited for the rainbow tour because seriously, like you need to download that album. It's so fucking good. Well, I have to admit if you, uh, must know what I'm most excited about in the pop world. Yeah. It is that it's probably been released now. But uh, Taylor Swift was releasing a new single today. Really? From her upcoming album. And 1989 is like one of my favorite pop albums of all time. I jam 1989 a lot. So I've been waiting for a new one from her. Yeah. I never really got into her early stuff, to be honest with you. But now it's good. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what she's coming up with. Well, I know know you didn't follow Kesha as closely as I did, Mm -hmm. but... Especially for somebody like me who did follow and was like rooting for her this whole time. Mm -hmm. You listen to this album now and it's just, it's so introspective, Mm -hmm. but still like she retains her pop roots and she's just got dance songs, you know, there's songs that just about shaking her ass or Mm -hmm. whatever, but then there's these really emotional, like ballads on there mm-hmm. that speak to like that terrible time she went through and it's just mm-hmm. oh i like i haven't taken it out of my cd player every time i get in my car that's just what plays and i just let it loop over and over and over it's so good. that's how it's been with paramore it's been like our album and paramore for like the past three months and yeah before, i listened to before ours before i had too. ours it was just paramore yeah the time it came out <laughs> it's like i've been kind of stuck on that stuff for a while i'm working in brand new i just was listening to that while driving around the other night 
I want to really digest the new Tyler, the Creator album, because mm-hmm. I'm intrigued by that one, even though I've been kind of a hater, I'll admit that. Of Tyler. I, I've just seen, like, what people post, and, like, the vibe it's given off has been kind of, like, it seemed a little, like, overly pretentious to me. Like, a lot of the people who champion his stuff act like he's just, you know, the greatest MC of all time, and it's like... I don't know about that, you know. But I will say that I listened to the album on Spotify. I just let it play through, and I was like, this is pretty good. It reminded me, I might have said this, it kind of gave me, like, a cross between Ludacris and Kid Cudi, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Kid Cudi's Man on the Moon album is awesome. I don't know if you've listened to that one before. Not all the way through. I think I only know... Doesn't he have day and night? Or mm-hmm. whatever? Yeah, I think honestly, I think that's the only song I've heard from Kid Cudi. It's Cuddy. really good, but it, yeah. So that one and uh, um, the new Taylor Swift is probably gonna be really good. And this is totally out of left field, but I've okay. So I've heard people talk about that uh, that song, Despacito. Uh, yeah, with <laughs> Justin Bieber. Not the Bieber version. Oh. I listened to the Bieber version. And then I listened to the original, and I was like, the original blows Bieber's out of the water. Well, it's but, still it's still some guy featuring Justin Bieber. It's not a Justin Bieber song. No, but Bieber's on the remix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not his... He wasn't on the original. Okay. So, because the original is just like straight Espanol the whole time. Yeah. And I think it was... I read about it a while back, and they said it was like the first... Or it was the the best selling highest charting spanish single of all time or something like that makes sense yeah and i and i heard this for a while now but i had just like not listened to it until like 2 days ago uh-huh for some reason i i decided to check it out i think it's because my friend chris said that we should cover it and i was like all right let me let me see what's going on here. Yeah. And I was like, damn, that's, I think that is a, a very well-written, well-structured pop song. It's very catchy. And I, like I, I said, I, I think, actually don't like it that much. Really? Not even the original? I, okay, I haven't heard the original, so okay. I can't speak to that. All right, um, here's what we'll do. Before right. the outro... <laughs> We'll listen to the original, and then we'll comment on it in the outro. Because I know the Justin Bieber version very well. Okay. Well enough. Yeah. The Bieber version, and I'm not, like, super hating on him, but it just seems like his um, boyish voice, let's say, just kind of takes the energy to another place. Okay. And, like, the original has this... You think of, like, a just like this very kind of um uh, fuck man i mean it's just like like the most interesting man in the world vibe yes perfect yeah, <laughs> yeah. i couldn't have said anything better than that yeah that's that's exactly it and it's like you go from that in the original to like replacing the most interesting man in the world with, with justin, justin bieber, bieber. And it's like i get that i get that okay yeah so we'll see if okay. if you get it. I think you will, because you just summed it up. That was perfect. Okay. But now, real quick. Anyway, so 
need let's, to, yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's go back to this. Back to this. You need to pick your one okay. album that needs to exist. Panic is not going to be in the running. Me neither. So it's between MCR, Green Day, and Blink. See again for me, Blink is out because I just didn't. I like Blink. There, it's Blink one eighty two, but I'm just mm-hmm. not. I don't really care. You know, this album is another one. It's like all three of these that I'm looking at have very special significance for me, and I can imagine very particular times in my life when I look at each one. It's not like I just think of a general time. It's like each one I can, I can go to a specific point on the timeline. Yeah. And it's like crystal clear. So they all represent very important points for me. Yeah. And uh it's, so it's yeah, and in in a way that's really I feel like it's it's tough to judge music in a totally objective way. It's almost right. impossible because you it think means about something to right, you. that's part of what's tied to it you like know? uh green you know as as i just said green day for me takes me back to that concert mm-hmm. every time i hear american idiot i go straight to that concert with my best friend standing in the pit you know just losing our minds yeah you know and then honestly three cheers takes me immediately back to the very first warp tour I ever went to. The very first band I ever saw at warp tour was MCR. Mm-hmm. You know, they played at like 12:05. Yeah. And I just I again, much like The Offspring, I almost can't even tell you what MCR sounded like that day. Yeah. All I remember is being is where they played. They played right inside the gate. On the far side of Coney Island, like not the main entrance, it was this it was the back entrance. So their stage cut off where the back entrance was, and there were people up the stairs on that balcony. Mm-hmm. And then everybody was packed the fuck in. Like Was that just, when he was wearing like the bulletproof yes, vest? Yeah, yeah, I was there. You were I'm sure you yeah, were. I was like right up front. Yeah. Or a few rows back from the gate or whatever. And I yeah. just remember I just remember the band walking out and Ray started playing Here Comes the Bride on guitar and it was just like so gross and meaty and metal and just like he just like you know fudged through it and then fucking Gerard Way runs out in a bulletproof vest and they go right into I'm Not Okay and I was and the and the crowd just goes nuts and my feet left the ground and didn't touch the ground for that whole song. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's where MCR takes me every time. I can't do that with Blink-182. Like, Blink doesn't take me to a specific place. Like, I understand that it does for you. Yeah. But... Yeah. Yeah. That's... And a cool thing about that show, or that set anyway, was it was still so early on that they make, they mixed in a handful of songs from the first album, mm-hmm. which I admittedly got into after I heard Three Cheers, but I was familiar with the whole thing, and I actually end up, I prefer, that's my favorite album from yeah, MCR. Yeah, it is. I just, I love it. I used to listen to that album over and over again when I was, like, living at my grandma's promoting 
March and Collapse on MySpace, I would put that album on and loop it, and that's what it makes me think of. And I was so excited when they played songs off of that that day. And I feel like if you saw them now, it would probably be kind of rare. They would only to... play... What was the... Um... It's the What is that song called? Yeah. It's number five. And you can shed your yellow, take my hand, and then we'll solve the mystery. One, two, three, four. Our Lady of Sorrow. That's it. Yeah. That's the only one they would play off that album. Maybe Head First for Halos, but if they're going to play something, it's going to be Our Lady of Sorrow. I'm pretty sure they played Vampires Will Never Hurt You that day. Did they? Yeah. Honestly, I it sucks, but honestly, I can't remember. It was just such an experience just being there, you know? Seeing that band, being so into them mm-hmm. like I was, and then having it be the first band at the first Warp Tour I ever went to, that was like... I mean, it was magical, honestly. I thought that it was so cool when I bought this album and found out that Jeff Rickley produced it oh, on did Thursday. He? And it was released on his record label, oh. Eyeball Records. Uh-huh. I didn't know that yep. until just now. All right, so what do I, what do I uh, what do? choose? Who what survives? Who survives? One album, only one album out of those six. We've already annihilated fairly Paramore, Fall Out Boy, and Panic at the Disco, which I, same, mm-hmm. I pretty much knocked them out right away when I was considering. As much as I love Paramore, because I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, this is rough. You're having a much harder time than I did. But as an MCR super fan, mm-hmm, yeah, you know, I mean, it was just like when I saw that, I was like, I fucking love American Idiot. But yeah, well, I feel like this is like if you just if you added Pinkerton in, then it would just be like Pinkerton, no problem. Yeah, but with these, because I'm I'm a fan, but I'm not the super. Well, let's just say I'm not as. Uh, partisan on this issue as you are nothing wrong with that right of course yeah i'm just trying to work this out because i remember like i said i got the i bought the mcr album and then i am pretty sure i drove over to jess's house you know we were just boyfriend and girlfriend at that point and i played helena for her and i was like i heard this like a few seconds of this and I bought this CD. It's so good. I remember playing it for her in front of her house in my car before we went wherever. American Idiot makes me think about when I would uh, visit her when she was in in college at Lee University in Tennessee. And I would drive like six hours to see her, you know, every other weekend or whatever. And... In particular, I remember listening to American Idiot on my CD Walkman when I was sitting in the bleachers watching her practice one day for her softball practice Mm -hmm. and listening to that album 
And uh, if I have to erase Jesus of Suburbia from history, I mean, that's just... (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's such a good song. But, and I... In the same way with, like, if I have to erase Ghost of You from history, I yeah. can't. I can't do it. Like, I love Helena, and I love uh, I'm Not Okay. I'm Not Okay was, like, just my theme song all through high school. Yeah. Even though I honestly was probably fake angsty. Yeah. You know, I wasn't even that. I didn't have anything to complain about. Yeah. But I'm Not Okay was just my theme song. Because mm-hmm. it was just like, yes, like, fuck fuck this fuck that and like you know yeah. but ghost of you nowadays for me is just the, like almost the pinnacle of my comic romance if black parade was on there it would even be less of a contest for all the other bands i'd just be like yeah. no mm-hmm. black parade period you know but uh yeah i have very distinct memories of like walking around school waiting to be picked up and hanging out with my friend Claire and my friend Mo and my friend Megan and just like cause our cause Fenwick was built in a fucking square yeah. it's like the dumbest building but it's just like this huge square and we would just on my portable CD player Walkman you know we would just like walk that square lap after lap after lap just with headphones in just listening to mcr listening to the use listening mm-hmm. to afi you know and just take take turns playing songs and all that kind of stuff and it and then the black parade takes me to just like going to buy it literally the day it came out i remember exactly where i was when i heard uh the first track off of Black Parade and I was living in a house in Monroe with my friend Brett who's in the Loveless Mm. and then two other guys who we were gonna the four of us moved into this house in Middletown in like a brand new subdivision that was in this house was for rent and the house was probably like a house that the normal person would pay like two hundred thousand dollars for like it was a brand new house in this nice subdivision and the four of us somehow convinced this dude to rent it out to us and and uh, it was way nicer than anything <laughs> a few like uh, shit I was 20 and I think Brett was like 18 or 19 and um one of the dudes was like 17 and the other one was like 17 just oh like God. I don't know how we did it but all we did was fucking throw parties there it was like that's my partying time in my life lasted yeah. like one summer yeah but it was like every single night almost and it was this fucking place and when I was like 22 21 22 and I lived in my first apartment. Mm-hmm. That was when I. That's when I partied myself out. Yeah. <laughs> I lived in that apartment, and it was every night. Every single night, we had at least ten people come over. Yeah. And just we just drank. That's yeah. That's how it was. I mean, we, and it got to the point where like, um, me and Brett, we both worked at Speedway third <laughs> shift, 
so we would get home at the same time and we'd go and like play counter strike together for an hour or something before we passed out in the morning and then uh you know our our other two dudes who lived with us one of them ended up moving out like right before school started because he was he was going to be a senior <laughs> like he was a junior in high school when we got this house in like June and so he moved out before he was getting ready to go back for his senior year and then it was like three of us and then one dude stopped working and it was like falling apart you could see the pieces just like yeah. tumbling over and like we were sitting there one day and like there's a knock at the door and people from whatever RTO or rent to own I think that's what it is they showed up and hauled our big screen TV away because this other dude had not been paying for it. It's like his that he leased. And then, you know, just one of those things where it, it can't last. Yeah. And it didn't. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's, that's where I was living when I heard the first song off of black parade. I was down in our basement on my computer and I remember it was, uh, they played it live on MTV I think before they ever released like an official track and Gerard had cut his hair off and dyed it blonde blonde. and I was like what is going on I don't I don't get it I like it you know but it was so different and I remember him saying we we decided to make like the album a band would make after five albums they just we went ahead and did it now they did god and and I remember Seeing, I remember very, very distinctly the day Black Parade came out. I was at school, and all day I knew it was coming out. I knew it. I fucking knew it. And then I had band, marching band practice at the end of the day. But there was like an hour or so between school ending and marching band practice starting. I don't know why. But I had all this downtime, and I was just like, I'm going to buy this album like on my break and I school let out and I got in my car and I drove to the Middletown Mall when it still had an FYE and I walked in there and right there on the new releases rack there was the Black Parade and some of the albums had a black slip cover mm-hmm. and some of the albums had a white slip cover and I debated for so long which one do I want it's the same fucking album yeah you know but I was like do I want a black slip cover or a and I thought I was so fucking cool because I went with a white slipcover instead of a black one like every other emo kid. Mm-hmm. And I drove back to school, sat in the main hallway, right outside the cafeteria, put my headphones in, and just played it. And I had made a point not to hear any songs like leading up to the release i knew there was a video out i knew there was songs you could hear and i was like i'm not gonna listen and i just like played it on my on my walkman and just like just died inside and then you know the other thing about the black parade is i remember the first time i ever heard cancer yeah um was actually i might have heard it you know i tried i made a point to not watch the videos or whatever but i think i heard cancer just prior to the release or maybe after or whatever but they there was a video where they performed it live 
and um, you know that's that song is played on piano. Well, it was just it was at a show, and it was a professionally taken video. So I don't know what the what they were doing, but Gerard and Ray played Cancer. He played Cancer on his guitar, and I the first time I heard it my grandpa had passed away from cancer and at the beginning of the video Gerard even says he was like the song goes out to anybody who's lost somebody you know through this illness or whatever and uh I watched the video and I just like cried mm-hmm. and then like I went and got my mom and I was like mom you have to listen to this song and I played it for my mom and she cried and we just sat there and like cried together and it was just like that's what MCR did to me, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why they're my favorite band because no other band in my entire life has ever made me fucking cry. Mm-hmm. But I did when I listened to My Chemical Romance. <sighs> hmm. I almost cried when Kesha put out new music. Almost. Because I was so happy. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I, I have... Uh, yeah, I think... Well, one song in particular comes to mind when I think of songs that made me cry. And it was... Uh, song from Saves the Day's Daybreak album. I think it might be called Daybreak. Yeah. That's powerful, though. Music that makes you tear up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to consider... I'm going to... As great as Blink is, they're gone. I love that album. But it's yeah. down. I'm having a tough time. I'm looking at it, yeah. and my vision is going between two albums here: yeah. American Idiot and Three Cheers. So, I'm gonna go downstairs and grab us our pints. Okay. And I'll be right back. Why don't you uh, tell the folks a fun story? <sighs> fun story. I don't have any funds. I haven't done anything. Uh, Why don't you talk about Phil, the cat? Phil? Because maybe these people, maybe you haven't been list or haven't been watching yeah. Super Divorce Gets Beer on Facebook. You've got a little friend, mascot, kind of. His name's Phil. Okay. Okay. All right. Because you're not going about that long. Yeah, I'll be right so yeah if you haven't been watching um super divorce gets beer you you should because every once in a while on our way to the uh, quick stop um we run into phil who is this nice cat were you expecting a cat because you should have been um he's cute little cat his mouth kind of hangs open a little bit and uh he's like always outside we're pretty sure he belongs to the house that he stays in front of because he's been inside sometimes. Uh, but he's a cute little cat. Um, I don't know what kind of cat he is. 
I know there's different kinds. He's like brown and black and just today on, you know, today was such a perfectly nice day and he was just lounging right there in the, uh, in the sun, in the grass. He was laying in the grass, just lounging in the sun and it was nice, you know, he's, he's a nice cat, always lets us pet him. He's really cool about that. Um, now, I'm just scrolling Facebook, uh, by the way, while I'm telling you about Phil. But, uh, so I'm going to switch gears here real quick and talk about Cavity Colors, who, you know, if you guys have been listening frequently, you know. You know I love Cavity Colors. They're, he's a, uh, it's a t-shirt company, a horror t-shirt company. And, uh, they're releasing some society stuff. There's a movie, a horror movie called Society, and they're releasing a t-shirt and two pins about it. And one of these pins is a face in a butthole. So, I'm not really sure what that's about. I haven't seen Society, but now I want to. That was a good uh, no-context walk-in. Yeah, face in a butthole. A pin... Of a face in a butthole. Yeah, see, so look at it. Hmm. There's a movie called Society. There's an error release of it that I really want. But uh, Cavity Colors is doing a Society release. I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. So I have no context for why there's a face in a butthole. That's deserving of a no, really. Oh, really? <laughs> uh. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what's going on. It's funny how uh, meaningful that video became, and you were not into it when we first watched it. No. Not really. Because I, I felt so bad for him. For Dan? Yeah. felt so bad for Dan, but then we watched it 18,000 more times, <laughs> and I was like, all right, Dan, you need to be famous, first of all. He does. Because there's no, like, ill will involved. No, none. It's just humorous. Yeah. He's just like a... He's this guy... I don't know, I just walk. (laughs) 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 All right, buddy. There you go. Oh, my God. Thank you. Mm -hmm. What are we drinking now? This is Beer Me Part 2 today. Yeah, and here we have... Hold on. Old with an E. Old with an I love when they add E's Me to too. shit. Old, uh, 1799 Green King Oldie Suffolk English Ale aged in oak vats. A blend of two classic ales, one aged in oak for two years, brewed in limited quantities. In Suffolk, England. This is from across the pond, folks. This vintage ale is dark and intense, almost ruby in color with a U, with an appetizing, with an S, spicy fruitcake aroma. This full-bodied ale combines flavors, with a U, of oak, 
caramel and burnt toffee that will march across the palate. Mm. I do love when they burn toffee. Man, this is sounding good. It is sounding good. This award-winning beer is both satisfying and rewarding and can also be the ideal accompaniment to a mature English cheese. Well, we don't have any English cheese, but just We're let me... We're gonna drink this damn beer, though. Just let me get mine going, and then we'll... We'll yeah. cheers to it. Yeah, I'm not gonna drink until we cheers with this beer. Pouring. Get my pour on. I told you I bought four movies from Arrow UK that I can't watch yet. Yeah. <laughs> They're having another... There's another UK company that's having a sale on Arrow movies. They're having like a two for... Thirteen dollars sale. Yeah. In you in U.S. it ends up being like two for sixteen or something. Uh huh. But uh, they're having another night. Like almost, almost bought some because they have a Phantom of the Paradise Steelbook what for are you like ten dollars. You gotta get your damn. I, can I know. I need my. I need my fucking region free player first, and I'm trying to build a computer so I can take over. Yeah. Editing. Cheers. Cheers. That's, that's more my speed. That's a good damn beer. Yeah. Right there. Holy shit. Mmm. Yeah, man. See, how does your how do people champion an IPA over something like this? Oh, no, I don't know, man. This is so good. <laughs> <laughs> man. It's like It's just like it's like one of those beers. Honestly, you drink it and you almost like when you're swallowing, you almost chew. Yeah, mm. it's like it's like hot chocolate. It's like, so good. This it's is just so like, good. I could just totally imagine being in like a a pub, you know. Mm-hmm. I even drinking this like at room temperature or something, it wouldn't be it's bad. Fine. It's just like it's, it's fine. Hanging out with Simon Pegg. I'm even sitting here drinking it like. A middle-aged white woman in a sweater, and it's still just like so awesome. With the hand, the two hands, two wrapped. hands, yeah, just gingerly cupping the mug, yeah. You know, we've got our Cheers glasses here, yeah. straight from Cheers in Boston. So good, Boston. Did you pick? Did you pick an album between Green Day and Three Cheers? Like which one? Which one? This has been going on this whole this whole cast. I know. All right, here here's what we're gonna do. Sorry, we didn't watch Interspace. <laughs> <laughs> here's what I'm gonna do. I'm getting out both of my CDs. Now, all right, I have to look at. I'm gonna look at the track listing here for each one. I need to rebuy all my MCR CDs. Or vinyls. Like, I tried to get them on vinyl. I'm also missing one Gerard Way pop. Pop vinyl. Which one? The skeleton-faced one. I've got all the other ones. Oh. 
I think the skeleton phase one is a hot topic exclusive. Yeah, it is. Okay, I've made my decision. Oh god. He picked American Idiot. Maybe, I don't know. I'm just saying that out loud. Ugh. The votes are in. <laughs> What'd you pick? American Idiot. I knew it. Really, really though, now, I picked MCR. I've said it a million times already, but I'm just, MCR is just my band. You know, they're my band. That's why I picked them. When you put those two albums side by side, I think track for track, American Idiot is solid every single track. There are some songs on Three Cheers that I don't identify with Mm -hmm. as much as I do with every song on Black Parade. Yeah. American Idiot, however, is just like fucking, it's a powerhouse album. It is. It is a buffet. Yeah. And I think that's why I had to go with this because I knew that's as much as I love uh, Three Cheers, it's just, I, I can't deny listening to American Idiot front to back. When you're a punk band and you put two nine minute songs on your album, yeah, it's ama- It's amazing. Yeah, American Idiot is amazing. Like I don't, you know, you said it way earlier. I don't know when it stopped being cool to like Green Day. I don't. I think it's because people got mad that so many songs of theirs got played out. But that's just like a testament to how good they are. Because people yeah. kept wanting to hear them. Yeah, you know, and like songs on. American Idiot, like, I know Wake Me Up When September Ends got played out, and American Idiot got played out, and... Boulevard of Broken Dreams got played out. But then the same shit happened with, like, and it's another, man, uh, 21st Century Breakdown is so good, too. I don't know if you listened to that one. I never liked it. You didn't? I I gave it it a shot, and I I thought it was really good. I didn't care for it. Maybe I need to go back to it, I think you should. As a follow-up, for me, as a follow-up to American Idiot, I was just, like, very disappointed, honestly. Maybe if you, uh, maybe if you borrow this and check out the, uh, the artwork as you go along and... Yeah. Or you can rip it to your seat. What was the song that I knew? 21 Guns, guy. Know Your Enemy was... Do you know your enemy? Yeah. Do you know your enemy? Do you know your enemy? Do you know your enemy? I like that song. It it feels very similar to American Idiot for me. It's almost, it's a very, it's a worthy follow-up. Yeah. But I think for me, that's where it falls, is that Mm -hmm. it's a worthy follow-up to American Idiot. It's not superior in any way. Not that I want them to be superior, it's just like... I just think it falls when I listened to it I thought it just fell short it just wasn't as good it wasn't as strong I don't know I I, I don't know that's that's a different debate I guess but I would I think that's why I didn't get into like what they followed that up with 
like Uno dos and trays. Yeah, is like it felt to me like they were they had started to craft this thing where their albums were very like narrative driven. Yeah, almost like movies. You know, well, that's the whole concept album thing, but they did it in right. a way that felt a little bit different. And uh, I think abandoning that for whatever the three-part deal was, I just couldn't... I'll be honest with you, I haven't listened to any of the three of them all the way through, so they could be really good. It's just it didn't hook me the way that American Idiot and 21st Century Breakdown did. To be honest with you, I haven't heard a single song off the news and trace. Not gonna lie, I haven't. Well... I get where you're coming from. They really, with American Idiot, they were like, we're going to do a rock opera as a punk band. Yeah. And they fucking killed it. Yeah. They absolutely killed it. And then they were like, guess what? We're going to do a two-part rock opera Mm -hmm. or a three-part rock opera with 21st Century Breakdown. And you're saying that they killed it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they were just like, guess what? We're going to do three EPs. How about that? Mm Mm-hmm. It's just, like, underwhelming, Yeah, you know? Not, we're going to do, you know, another rock opera, but this time we're going to release two albums six months apart from each other, you know, and we're going to continue the story of the, the two lovers, the Jesus of Suburbia and, and what's-her-name. Mm-hmm. I still remember, like, those were the characters, you yeah. know? It's just... Like, they had a chance to create this universe. Mm-hmm. Like know? Coheed with the Amory stuff. Yeah. And their whole... Everything about Coheed is a story. Except for their last album. Except for their last one. That was the first one where they broke away from that, and surprise, it's... Not as good. The one album that people have kind of been wishy-washy. There are some really good songs on it, but I'll be honest with you, it bums me out to know that every other thing they've ever written is within this universe and then it's just like nope. here's this one that sits apart from everything and you know it has a lot to do with him being a new father and he writes about that and wanted it to be very pure so it's like I get it yeah it yeah. makes sense like but, it's, it's... but if you would have if you would have just said here's how these stories fit into the Amory Wars and done that type of artwork with it you could have put it in there somehow without making people feel bummed out that you're like just very explicitly saying, no, these no. songs are not part of anything we've done before. Right. And they're going to go back to it. So that's what makes it feel even stranger. It's like this sort of awkward... Like we need to take a break from the Amory Wars. Yeah. And we're going to go back to the Amory Wars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just... I don't know. So. So, uh, yeah, I guess maybe what we should do now is end things here. Yeah. And then we'll watch Despacito. Yeah. And Espanol. Yep. The most interesting in the man Man in the world world. version. (laughs) Yeah. And then we'll come back in the outro and we'll uh, let you guys know what's going on. What's up? Um, pre-order the album too as long as you're not like listening to this in like 2024 going back through cause like you just got into Super Divorce what's up 
if I'm talking to you from back in time. Excuse me. That's kind of a, a cool thing to think about, isn't it? Somebody could we be keep listening this going, to this in years. And it's like 2030, and they just got into us, and they're like, oh shit, and they've been doing this podcast for like fucking almost 15 years. <laughs> and like, you can God, listen to every episode. What did they? What were they talking about before action figures came out? And they go back and they're listening right now. And it's 2030, man. You're listening in 2030, maybe. It's fucking weird. And we're like, yo, what's up? We're just having our beer and we're getting ready to watch Despacito. So, uh, 2030 people, people who are joining us in the future, what's up? But for the people who are listening right now, pre-order action figures. And the people who are listening in 2030 are going to be like, shit, man, they're talking to like the 50 people who might have pre-ordered action figures before it sold 12 million copies and they broke off Spring's record. Yeah. So, cheers to you. Cheers to you. We'll uh, see you in the outro. I have to admire how much people in that video look like they're enjoying themselves. Yeah. We just watched the Despacito video, the original Despacito, not the Justin Bieber version, the Americanized version. I have to admit, um, I much, obviously, I much prefer the Spanish version. I didn't think that I wouldn't. Yeah. It's just, it's much better. Much better. Much better. It's, it's most interesting man in the world better. Yeah. Cause you don't have, it's, it's like Bieber, right? Yeah. He yeah. takes it somewhere different. No, he just, he takes it to, to teenage girl fandom. Yeah. You know, but and that's that, not what it's about. No. That's like a fucking. That is mature women. You know, that is lusting after mature, fully formed women, <laughs> you know, who you like go to the club and they just like take you, you know, by the hand and just like blow your mind. Yeah. That's what that song is. <laughs> Justin Bieber, for as grown up as he is, and how yeah. whatever he couldn't to me, handle. No, he couldn't handle anybody in that video. No. And to me, he still emulates like thirteen-year-old fans. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. But that that is just like you know you're shooting for twenty-eight-year-olds. A twenty-eight-year-old seasoned. Latino woman woman. who's walking through the street of this town and everyone's stopping because it's like, oh shit. Yeah. Here she comes. Yeah. And it takes that dude in that video to even like have a chance. Yeah. Justin Bieber would have no chance. He would, no, he'd be blown out of the water. It'd be over. Yeah. That's a good-ass video. I mean, it's a good-ass song. It makes you feel like some Latino pride, as I said. Yeah. You know? I feel this... Yeah, I get that. I feel like I want to have Latino pride after listening to that song. Like, I want to be able to speak Spanish after listening (laughs) to that song. And it's the same thing... I have the same feeling when I listen to Woman by Kesha. Mm-hmm. The whole song is about being a woman. Mm-hmm. And I listen to it, and I'm just like, fuck yes, women, yes, do it. Like, yeah. love it, 
it's amazing, <laughs> you know, like, just like, feminist, feminist, feminist. <laughs> every time, every time that song comes on the, the album. Yeah. I'm just like, yes, tell me, Kesha, tell me how much of a woman I am. <laughs> but I get the same feeling from the original version of Despacito. So you have a little more respect for it now? I do. Yeah, because I didn't like it. I didn't like that song. But now I like that song. <laughs> you just don't like the Bieber version. I don't like the Bieber version. The Biebs messes with it. He tainted it. Yeah, he did taint it. With his, his little... Taint. Yeah, with his fragile little teenage white boy taint. He's not a Latino man. No. And that's this, what it that takes. That is a Latino song. I don't know what it's about. I don't know. I can't speak <laughs> Spanish, but I don't care. You don't like, need to. That's why music is so universal. Yeah. Because you hear the difference, and you're like, one fits, and one does not. Yeah. One and, of these things is not like the other, and yeah. it's Justin Bieber. Yeah. <laughs> he is not like the other. So, they got Bieber to come in to probably... They didn't need to. They didn't need to, though. It would have been a hit. I feel... Well, American. I told you earlier, it was like, I believe it's the, the highest charting Espanol-centric song of all time. I think putting Bieber on it, yeah, might have rocketed them up in the charts because then other people are just like, oh, Justin Bieber's done. Yeah, all Bieber's you know, but believers. They, they shouldn't have. They should have just, like, stuck to their guns, you know, because the Bieber version, they sing in American. Yeah, They sing does. in English. Yeah. Stop. Stop doing that. Like, this song and that video would have been retired at number one on TRL. Yeah. No questions yeah. asked. Yeah. No questions about That is it. a whole, that is a TRL video. Yeah. Just like hot ass girls dancing hot ass dances on hot ass guys, you know, that are singing this song. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's, I mean... If Shakira can do it, which is the next video up, if Shakira can, like, chart out TRL, which I'm yeah. pretty sure she's done. I'm, yeah, I think so. I'm sure she has. If Shakira can do it, who who does Despacito? I didn't even see the name. Hold on. Let's give them their, their due. Yeah, give them the due. Luis Fonzi. Luis Fonzi. It, Featuring like, Daddy Yankee. They can fucking do it, man. They're, they can do it. And they did. That's a banging video. Yeah. Banging video. It makes you want. Song. It makes you want to take a trip. It makes me want to, to go the slums. there. I want to go to the slums. Yeah, and be like, "Yo, Despacito, right?" <laughs> <laughs> as long. <laughs> and then you get stabbed. Yeah. And... Hey, yo, mommy, Despacito. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Gringo. Yeah. You know, that's, fuck you. That's exactly what it would be because I'm that's terrible. The action I would expect. I'm a terrible person for myself because I'm not in that crowd no but if I could be I would, I would totally to, take advantage to Louise Fonzie because everyone if you could go to a club like that and everyone's singing along and they're banging on the fucking drums and yeah. the chicks dancing the way they're dancing yeah. and the dudes are just like yeah. fuck yeah yeah probably drinking tequila and and Into fucking it. yeah man and it's life affirming it's good they're like, life is good here. One, why you only live once. Yeah. YOLO. They embrace it, you know what I mean? You can tell from that video. It's just like, fucking YOLO. <laughs> All I care about is this hot-ass girl dancing <laughs> on me. 
and tequila shots, one yeah. after another. And Despacito. Yeah, whatever that fucking means. <laughs> I can ask my friend. I can ask my friend Nick Halley. Ask her. I will. Maybe that'll be like the... <laughs> no. No? <laughs> you wouldn't explore... Latin think, culture. Yeah, I could be. I could be taught a thing or two about. What Latin if she? Culture. What if she wanted to go on a date with you and it was like, come and meet me familia, and we'll. Uh... <laughs> uh, you know, it could be good. <coughs> you know. You know, don't, uh... Me familia. <laughs> don't discount it yet. Her familia live in California. She has no family here? Mm-hmm. She just moved here by herself. Mm-hmm. Well, that might be... her sister. And her sister. Well, then what if she was like... That could be cool. You start dating <laughs> and it's like... Come out to California and meet me familia <laughs> <laughs> you know, you get a like traditional. Uh, are, are they are they from Mexico? I couldn't tell you. I don't know yet. These are things to find out. All right, I'll find out for you. You could be despacito despacitoing <laughs> before you know it. <laughs> you could. Nick made me laugh, and I had to spit out my drink a little <laughs> bit back into my drink. I didn't make a mess. No, you didn't. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, do I still drink this? And there's like 95% of me is like, yep. It was already in your mouth, right? Right. It was going to be there anyway, so. Yep, I didn't like swallow it and like bile into my glass. Yeah, there's no bile. So. All right, well. So, in this extremely long outro, I'm going to wrap it up here right quick. Um, And uh, like we said in the intro, make sure to check us out all over the interweb. Um, start at superdivorceme.com. Add your email to our mailing list to stay up to date on everything going on with Super Divorce. We announced in this podcast that Nick started a record label, so you might start getting information about that. Who knows? Yeah. Um, also, you can find us on facebook.com at slash superdivorce, Twitter at superdivorce, and Instagram at superdivorceband. If you want to follow... Nicholas Villar's band guru extraordinaire, you know, record label extraordinaire, whatever. <laughs> Go to any social media you can think of and type in at Nicholas Villar's. If he's there, he's there. And if he's not, he's not. Cheers. If you want to follow me on social media, uh, I am most prevalent on Instagram. That's what I use the most. And you can find me at, at Despacito Bender. Bender. Yeah, at Despacito. <laughs> no. At Bender Butt. If you find me on Facebook, add me because I'll add you back. Uh, but, you know, mostly on Instagram. Um, that's it for this week on um, Super. Oh, since this intro is long, uh, outro is long enough already. Yeah. Uh, I want to plug Monster Movies. Oh, yeah, do the that. The first episode of Monster Movies came out. It's released on the Super Divorce YouTube. Yeah. It's part of our little universe. Our but, superverse. Yeah, our superverse. But me and my mom sit down and watch a horror movie together. And Instagram picture. Yeah. Uh, and then we talk about it. 
because my mom hates horror movies. So I am simultaneously trying to scare the pants off her and give her an appreciation for the, for the genre that I love so much. So go to YouTube, type in monster movies, check out the first episode where we talk about terror vision and uh yeah let me know comment on the video let me know what you think comment on uh our band the band facebook let us know what you think i want to you know i want to improve monster movies it's going to be an ongoing series we're all we've already recorded three episodes so don't worry there's no going to watch coming. them yet nope it's going to be a bi-weekly show starting out but there's going to be a way that you can watch them early coming up soon. Yeah, coming up soon. You have to wait and see about that, though. We dropped the 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 record label today. We'll mm. maybe we'll drop something else next week. Maybe, maybe so. Maybe maybe not. But we've got other things coming besides the record label. Please check out Monster Movies. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, it's a, it's a cute program. Thanks. Between mother and son. Yeah. We'll see you next week, chefs. Despacito. Divorce.